Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm having a grand Sunday. What kind of a Sunday is Pierre Pauli having? What kind of a Sunday is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in the having? I hope our guest is having a good one, and we're so happy to have him. Brian Passifume, National Post reporter. Brian, hey, it's Sunday. Thank you for being here. Hey, good afternoon. Happy to be here. All right, let's uh, let's delve into these two stories today. It's kind of a, a a drama. First of all, let's try to get inside the prime minister's mind. We did a review, as many people have, of the fiscal update. It was kind of do or die for them in this, and everybody's waiting. Do they get it? Do they get it? Do they get it? Housing and the economy. Nothing's an easy fix, Brian. Did they make a dent here? I'm trying to go through some of the Sunday pools. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't think the liberals understand. I think this is kind of a recurring theme in this government. I think I don't think the current government realizes how important this economic statement is. It's uh, you know it was one that uh, you know it focused on housing and affordability, which is something that uh, I think the, you know the, the liberals are more than aware it's an issue, but they they, they seem to be swinging and missing on it quite a bit. There was um, everybody remembers back in August they had a um, their their caucus retreat in, in Charlottetown. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that were really, um, you know, hoping there'd be some great policy announcements there. And unfortunately, all we were told was to wait and see. And a lot of people naturally assumed the following economic statement would be that wait and see moment. And uh, and yeah, there was a, definitely a focus on housing, uh, which is, I think, that uh, something that, uh, you know, is, is one of the big do or die issues right now with the, the government, uh, housing, affordability, cost of living, things like that. So yeah, I think a lot of people were just looking at this economic statement and, uh, and hoping that uh, it'll, it'll bring some relief to them. Absolutely. And and it's I'm glad you mentioned the Charlottetown thing. I was there and and everybody was all, you know, even liberals and liberal pundits and the police was a buzz. What are they going to announce? <laughs> you know, everyone thought and there's nothing. Mike Moffat, the a housing guy who did all that study on it, he was a presenter. He's been quite critical of this fiscal update. I think he's given it a C. I haven't met anyone who's given it more than a C. Brian, and I, as again, I'm looking at the polls and I can't see any big budget, but it may may be a while in this. It's tough to fix this stuff, and it will be for a new government as well. But is is it the messaging, Brian, or is it the policy or lack thereof, in your opinion here, for the liberals? I think the liberals think it's a messaging issue. There was, there was a uh, announcement uh, earlier this week that uh, the uh, prime minister's office had hired a, uh, a branding yeah, expert. new guy. Part of it, which is kind of I kind of yeah. turned to my colleagues and said, "Yeah, that's the problem." <laughs> you know, not that uh, you know, which which really is kind of indicative of how how the current liberals are thinking. They they're thinking that well, our problem isn't that uh, Canadians aren't willing to, you know, 
you know, face huge tax increases in a time of terrible affordability. Oh, it's just that we're not getting our message out there. You know, it would, it's kind of like, it could, you can't help but laugh kind of thinking, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not the issue here. The issue isn't, I, I think Canadians are quite well aware of what the, the government's issue is. I think that the, 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 you know, I think something that a lot of people aren't talking about right now is the fact that, you know, this happens to all governments, you know, they've been in power a long exactly. time. Anybody old face. enough to remember Brian Mulroney? Yeah, I am. <laughs> and yeah, everyone's sick and boy, were they sick of Prime Mulroney? After a while, we do that in Canadians. We we throw the bums out, don't we? Yeah, we're sick of them. And but I, I said this before. They brag about it. They use it as a as a power tool when the economy's good. And certainly, you know, the the boring rates were so good. It looked like a good ride. The party's over, and now this government has to deal with it. You know, earlier on, we were doing a, a financial look at that fiscal update that we're talking about. It was just uh, really hit us. I think as a country, I'm sure it hit you too. The debt, the debt, the debt. And all reporters and journalists have been, you know, quizzing this government. You know, is there a moment in time where you're going to say enough already? No, no, no. And now it looks like it's here. Well, I was watching Question Period and uh, uh, Christopher Freeland was on it. And, uh, you know, the host asked for that exactly. You know, mm-hmm. that one of the things that uh, when the federal government was elected in 2015 was... Uh, Know, pledging not to run deficits over, I think it was like $10 billion or something, and returning to a balanced books by 2019. Obviously, now 2023 is at an end, and, you know, we're still, you know, we're, we're, books aren't balanced, and, uh, the, you know, the, the projected deficit and the financial statement, statement was $40 million. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are, are kind of, uh, you know, and I'm not going to blame the government, you know, in 2015, I'm sure the Trudeau government had no idea, you know, that there would be a worldwide pandemic and, yeah. and all this other stuff, but, you know, at the same time, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's time to read the room, guys. Yeah, it is. Read the room. And people have said that, and it still absolutely works. You know, the other part about this, as you say, it happens. It's the trajectory of governments. We get sick of it. We, we're feeling pain. We look and say, who's causing this pain? Oh, you're in charge. We get it. But and the other thing that kind of sticks with this, too, is the promises. How many times we find out, oh, yeah, we, we had that announcement. There was a provision. They were going to do this. Now they're going back to old programs, and we realize, yeah, nothing happened on that file. Yeah, and, I, and that just kind of, uh, you know, it, it has politics. You know, mm-hmm. if there's not a party, conservative, liberal, whatever, that, uh, you know, that, that, that runs on a platform that they, that they all seriously expect to fulfill. You know, there's there's a lot of key key, key planks in the, the liberals' uh, elections of the past few years that they have not lived up to. And, and yeah, that's just, that's just politics. You know, you, 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 you know, election campaigns are, are platforms to get elected, not platforms to govern, you know, once they get in there and realize kind of the, the lay of the land. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not defending anybody, but that's just how it is. But, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, the, the liberals could have uh, wished for a worse time right now. And I don't think the conservatives have wished for a good time, as, as good of a time right now for them. No, I mean, just, you know, before we go to break, as you just mentioned, this is a, a new problem. You know, I kept thinking, gosh, you know, if there's a new government and the conservatives take over, how are Canadians going to react if you cut the spending and cut the debt? I mean, they're already angry. It's it's hitting us. How do you do this without causing more pain? It's there's no answer here. It's one thing to say you're going to fix it. It's another thing to say, hey, no more of this, no more of that. Well, in the PMO right now, it seems the solution to that problem is better messaging. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but the conservatives are going to have to come up with a way that we we buy in. Don't they say that? I, I think Paul Martin, having interviewed him several times and going through how he did that, he said it was buy in, buy in, buy in. Brian, let's turn our attention to the kind of Sunday. Uh, the other politician in Ottawa is having it was a bit of a week for Pierre Polyev. He's still leading in all, all the polls, and I'm sure that is wind under his wings. But he got a bit of a go this week. First of all, let's talk about the Ukraine vote and the conservatives voting against because the, there was a mention of the word carbon tax in the Ukrainian-Canadian free trade deal. Brian, he, he got a lot of questions and some heavy-duty pushback on that. Did he deserve it? Yeah, it was um, it, it, one of the things I think, I think people fail to understand is that a lot of politics is theater. You, know, you see a lot of people mm-hmm. like just pounding your chests and how dare the conservatives, they mm-hmm. obviously don't care about uh, Ukraine and the conservatives are saying, of course we care about Ukraine, but we don't want you to invoke a carbon tax, even though Ukraine's had a, some sort of a carbon tax, you know, for almost a decade now, but really it's, um, you know, it, just kind of going back to what we were talking about before the break about, uh, you know, about sort of the, the, the different parties' fortunes is that really they, they, you know, Polyev is kind of in a position right now where, you know, you can't lose right now. Like he's, you know, he's flying high in the polls, uh, you yeah. know, approval for Justin Trudeau is, is plummeting. And yeah, like he could, you know, there's a lot of things he could, you could do on, 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 you know, on, on live TV. And I don't think it would impact his, uh, you know, impact his ratings and or impact his, his approval. You know, it's, it's going to his core now. You know, he was, uh, yeah, it's not nice words for a reporter on, uh, during one of the press yeah. conferences. Yeah. I want to get to that, but let me just ask you something too. David Coletto, I talked to him last week and he, he has a bunch of numbers. He did a, a deep dive. I'm sure you saw it. And he said, yeah, I mean, this is solid in the sense that they're sticking. But talking to those who switched over from either the liberals or the NDP to the conservatives, he said it's not solid. That that in their polling, people were watching. Is this the kind of stuff they were watching for? It's, you know, it's... Could be. It pull, uh, polls are, are, are really, they're, they're difficult to say. They go in, yeah. People love counting on polls. People love, you know, you know running polls with the flagpole that says what they, you know, what they agree with and, you know, saying yeah. that they're pointless if they don't. But, you know, the the, the big issue right now is that, uh, you know, it, like we said before, the liberals aren't aren't reading the room when it comes to things like, like, for example, a great example we we're talking about earlier is climate change. You know, climate change has always been a huge issue for Canadians. They, and but, they own uh, the liberals. Try, that was their thing. Mm-hmm. That was that their crown jewel of their policy, but there was a it was a, a poll not too long ago that only twenty nine percent of Canadians uh, list climate change in their top mm-hmm. three issues right now. Cost of living, affordability, you know, those things take precedent. You know, like when things are good, people care about stuff like climate change. But when you know when when people are having to, you know, lose their homes and can't af- you know choosing between paying the paying the you know the water bill and, and food on the table, you know, things like climate change don't really they, they don't they don't really count. And I think that um, you know that's something I think that. Uh, you know the conservatives are really hopping in on right now. I, if you know things aren't what they were right now, I don't think they would have made such a huge issue about the uh, about the, uh, the the Ukraine deal. But you know, yeah. climate change is an issue, and it gets them in the headlines. It, it is. On the other hand, there was a lot of pushback in reporting, and some from shots within the house maybe say that you know, as you just referenced, that even Ukraine came out with a statement and said, no, you know, this is we've had already had a carbon tax. Is there's a worry, and this is connected to it, as you know, is we 
we watch America and Canada's been so supportive of Ukraine. People wonder, is this a sign? You know, is this playing in into those hands? We ask that question all the time. Is it fair one? It is. It's, it's hard to say what's going on. Is, is it was this a clearly political move? Is this is this a, a miscalculation by the conservatives? It's hard to say, you know, but it, it's got us talking about it. You know, I don't think we'd be talking about uh, climate change and the conservatives and everything else unless this became an issue. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a discussion. But is this the right discussion to have right now when the conservatives are flying by? Do they yeah. do they really want to risk losing that? Yeah, and, if I were them, I'd be staring at those numbers every day. Every day I'd get up and go, are they still there? You know, if you ever sold anything online or eBay or whatever, you're like, oh, my God, every day, you know, they said it's still coming in. I mean, that's really, really huge every day, as I said, trend over time. And they don't want those things to go away. But then, as you mentioned, we had the situation at the border. And later on in the show, we're going to talk to the the personal account of the mayor in Niagara Falls. But the account in, in in already played out in politics was all that necessary. We got into you know we're both on Twitter. I was or form or X or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, really. But we were all into time zones and stuff, but there was pretty good reporting there. And he could have just come out, maybe some suggested and say, hey, you know, I they presumed it was terrorism. So did I. And I asked a fair question about it. No one would be talking about it. Yeah, the whole thing on Twitter, that was the, the dueling fan clubs. <laughs> they, they, you know, anytime anything else comes up, you've always got the, the pro-Polyev partisans and the pro-Trudeau partisans sparring off. And it just kind of adds more ridiculousness to already kind of a ridiculous situation. You know, it's, you know, a lot of people are talking about timelines and things, but, you know, I'm sure it, I'm not going to say definitely a lot of us assumed it was terrorism. You know, you've got everything going on with uh, Israel and Palestine. Tensions are high. You know, a car explodes at the border. Everybody's going to actually think. I know, but it wasn't. And, you know, you were probably you're a reporter and you were like, man, I'm watching it. And I I was careful what I was tweeting. I was saying one thing to people privately. I was texting with the former FBI and he was saying, oh, wow. Oh, no, this really looks like terrorism and everything. But he wasn't saying it publicly. Nobody was. Mm-hmm. So maybe lessons learned here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's what I was yeah. saying. Uh, like I'm saying, it's it's something that jumped into all of our minds. But does that mean yeah. you stand up in the, the House of Commons and say it? Probably not. But uh, you know, it, it's uh, yeah, it was kind of a dumb thing for him to say. But yeah. uh, you know, but we saw the prime minister. The prime minister did it with the bombing in the hospital. Remember, mm-hmm. bang, and then we found out that wasn't the case right in the beginning of the. Israel Hamas thing. So, yeah, exactly. The moral of the story is, as you and I know in this business, just wait a bit because you could really look like, I don't know, bad luck. Brian, what are are we seeing here as the country watches what's about to happen on Monday? If we believe the reporting, I'll add that caveat that the premier of Alberta is about to pull out this and use the Sovereignty Act. What kind of a what kind of a tremor will that send across the country here? You know, it's like I said before, it puts climate change back into the uh, in yeah. the national conversation. You know, then one of the things that uh, you know, it's not only Daniel Smith who who, who says that the uh, federal government's uh, um, net zero aspirations are a little too uh, ambitious. Uh, you know, um, the Premier of Saskatchewan uh, said the same thing. You know, and uh, unfortunately, you know. 
uh, you know, Smith got a bit of a weapon with the Sovereignty Act in order to fight it. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because I think, uh, you know, a big issue during COVID and, and, and sort of continuing on from there is kind of the sovereignty of the provinces, particularly Alberta. You know, I've, I've, I've worked and lived for well over a decade in Alberta. I know that uh, it's a whole different culture out there when it comes to uh, when it comes to its relationship with Ottawa compared to other 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 provinces. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. And it's going to be precedent setting, too, because I'm sure a lot of other premiers are looking at what's happening there and then, you know, and seeing what happens. You got it. And that's it. I mean, will it be contagious, as you mentioned, you know, Alberta and then Quebec and power and all of it here in Ontario, all of it. Who's going to go yeah. for this here? Yeah, Quebec toppled over the uh, sovereignty domino. Uh, you they know, did the domino that. effect. <laughs> yeah, they did it. They got it. They got it ro- rolling here. But there is a concern here about whether or not um, you know it will be contagious. Will it a lose its power? B will it always be there? And when do you use it? When you don't? And what will be the repercussions? Uh, Brian, it, it, it seems pretty clear that the premier is is either wanting to really send a message or acting on the things that she believes her base wants her to do. You know, and, and, and sort of the relationship between Alberta and the, and the, the, the story in Canadian politics, you know, especially these days when it, things like energy and, and, and clean energy and things like that are such huge issues. And you've got Canada's power plant essentially, you know, being dictated to by Ottawa what to do. And, you know, politicians both, you know, all across all, I remember I covered mm-hmm. Alberta politics when uh, when the NDP were in charge, and they had a lot of the same arguments that uh, that the the UCP had, you know, about, uh, you know, some of the, the rows, especially between uh, Rachel Notley and uh, Jagmeet Singh when it comes to energy, NDP energy policy. It was, it was a huge role. They never saw eye to eye. So you're never going to see Ottawa and Alberta seeing eye to eye when comes to energy no matter who's in office if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend i'm roy green have a great weekend